Welcome to Row 2 Play Podcast. I am your game master, Kent Blue. We are an actual play podcast where I play tabletop role-playing games with my friends from all over the world. So if you're ready, grab a player sheet, grab some dice, and let's Row 2 Play. All right, this week we are sitting down with Epidiah Ravishaw to talk about his game, which at this time is probably on Kickstarter, uh, Wolfspell. Epi, you've been on the show. Welcome back. Yeah, be back. It's great to see uh, your beautiful faces. I know that out there in Radio Land, uh, nobody else is, but the last time <laughs> we chatted, uh, it was, I think, without video. So, yeah. Uh, I, I, I had uh, cartoon images of what what you, you look like. In my <laughs> also join me as co-host, uh, Tim Devine of Dice Up Games. Thank you very much for having me back. I am always thrilled to hear uh, uh, all of Epidiah's wonderful stuff. So to, to hear it live, well, people listening aren't listening to it live, but I am. And right. so, yeah. So thank you for having me back. Yeah, no problem at all. And my pleasure. Epi, let's just, let's just, Give us a little bit about you, uh, just anything you want to talk about. Just let the people know who maybe are hitting this for the first time. Just a little bit about yourself. Well, I mean, I think probably the most important thing to know is that I'm a Rockford Files enthusiast. Uh, with a <laughs> I think that, that will hit what most people are here for. Uh, I, am, uh, I am, in fact, a Rockford Files enthusiast and do uh, co-host a Rockford files podcast but what i'm guessing we're here for is my game design um i am probably most well known uh for the first game i put out dread which is the horror game that uses jenga Uh, and what i played with you folks last time was swords without master correct that is right Uh, yep that was just a game i think about quite a bit just how how fun it was and just the amazing time i had now that I say, I remember now the image standing atop the waterfall uh, with the the torches and screaming at the guy. I believe with some heads in your hands. Oh yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Swords Without Master uh, came out in issue three of Worlds Without Master, uh, which is something I have to say all the time. I've contractually <laughs> obligated myself to saying that. Uh, and Wolfspell, the game uh, that I want to talk about soon, uh, is actually from the issue just before that, issue two of Worlds Without Master. So yeah, Wolfspell, uh, like I said, at the time this releases, I think it'll probably be on Kickstarter now. Um, so give us a little bit about that game, the, the quick elevator pitch of what it is. Uh, okay, so Wolfspell is... Uh, you... In the game, you play grim adventurers who have undertaken uh, to cast a spell upon yourselves to turn yourselves into wolves to deal with some task that human hands and the human uh, body cannot deal with, uh, whether it's... Uh, you decide when you start the game what that task is and why it is that humans can't do it. The premise, the, the, the that setup actually 
It comes from a story that I wrote that appeared in the same issue of Worlds Without Master, which is called One Winter's Dew, which has the exact same setup. There's uh, a group of adventurers who find themselves at oath odds and uh, they can't do the thing that they need to do uh, with, as humans. So they uh, seek some other remedy and become wolves in and uh, do it. And while I was writing that story, the concept uh, stuck in my brain and I got about halfway through the story. I was really enjoying the story. I was, I was really enjoying writing it, but I've got this part of me that designs games that gets mad at the part of me that writes fiction because it's using up the brain space that it, it, it wanted to use, I guess. I don't know. There's like an argument that goes on and the part of me that was, that designs games was like, damn it. I wanted to use this for a game. Uh, and so the compromise, uh, which I think turned out pretty well, uh, was to create this game and put it in the exact same issue. So uh, I think the other thing that your audience might... Uh, so when when you're a game designer and you're trying to pitch your game to people, you have to kind of read a little bit into the audience to find out uh, what they know, you know, like... Trying to pitch a game to uh, nobody who somebody who's never played a role playing game before is a whole nother process than pitching a game to someone who's only ever played D and D, which is a whole nother process than pitching the game to somebody who's played a bunch of indie games. You know that sort of thing. Yeah. If you're familiar with Apocalypse World, and if you're familiar with Swords Without Master, this is a a love child (laughs) between the (laughs) two. Um, The game. Uh, as you play the game, you roll these uh, two dice. One is your blood die and one is your wolf die. And you roll them and you look at the results and you read the results in a way that's very similar to Apocalypse World. But the higher die is the type of move you're going to be able to do, whether it's a human move, if it's the high, if the blood dies, the high die, or if it's a wolf move, if the wolf dies, the high die. So you're kind of stuck going which whichever way the dice tell you to go uh you have options once you make that roll but that's basically how that goes that was that's one of the things that when you first kind of started talking about it on on twitter saying you were going to do the kickstarter everything that that kind of meshing of powered by the apocalypse and swords without master just really i mean i mean it's just it was a really cool concept to me that, you know, kind of really pulled me into it and, and, and playing as wolves also, you know, I, I, right. I like werewolves and, and wolves, you know, kind of like dire wolves and stuff. It's just something I'm kind of really into. So just a lot of stuff that really, really grabbed my attention about it. The, the wolf bit, I, I think I mentioned this on Twitter a while back that my favorite mechanic in the game uh, is just these, I can read it to you. It's two sentences long. It's uh you are now wolves. Describe your coat, your size, your scent, and your voice. And uh, every time I sit down at the table, I explain the rules to people. We make characters. And when you make characters, you make adventurers. Like we're we're making characters that are uh, from a sword and sorcery adventure before they become wolves. And then we decide why they have to become wolves. And then we turn them into wolves. And we get to this point, And that when people have to think of their character as like to describe their coat, their size, their scent and their voice, that's the moment when people are like, 
oh, I'm a wolf. <laughs> like it just, it's it's the the pull focus, you know, yeah. that moment. And yeah, sit back in the chair and you're like, wait a minute, this is happening. This is really happening. <laughs> and it's great. I, I was going to say, I think that's so cool that uh, you, most of the time when, when we're playing games, any type of role playing game, you spend so much time and you put a lot of effort into making a character and, and you put, mm -hmm. you just, you, they come to life in front of you and you get real excited. And then this game immediately takes that process and, and stops it yeah. and, and transitions <laughs> it again. But now it's almost like meta. It's like, you know, your characters are now creating character, these wolves that are these characters. So it's like, I don't yeah, know. It just, yeah, it just seems super interesting to me to, to go from an in, like a nice in depth sword and sorcery character creation, and then you just you change them completely. It's yes. Just, yeah. Normally done through hours of play. No, right away. <laughs> yeah, we're going. We're going at it. We're doing it. Uh, yeah, and it's it's great. It's uh, there's a little bit of a ritual that takes place uh, just before that where we go through uh, a back and forth describing how the spell takes effect and people describing how they're experiencing it, uh, which is a lot of fun too. But even then that's not, you know, it, that's still this liminal stage. That's still like something weird's happening. And then you're a, you're a goddamn wolf. Like, you know, it's just like, Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so the central question in this game, there is, uh, depending on the kind of adventurer you choose to be, some of them uh, are good at doing some things. Uh, like one character uh, has a statement that says, uh, many have tested my sword arm and now wait to meet vengeance upon me in the afterlife, right? And so this character when it comes time to do uh, perform tasks of gore or hatred can add to their blood dye, which means uh, they're more likely when they do violence, they're more likely to get a human result and they're more likely to succeed with a human result. And several of the, the characters have this sort of uh, ability to like in certain categories, they're able to do uh, things that are more human-y uh, human -y. Yeah, sure. Human-y. <laughs> That's a good word. Yeah, human-like. They're, they're able to do things more human-like. Uh, um, and I should point out that I keep saying human. I think in the text, I'll have to make double sure. I think in the text, I leave it open. So if you want to play a bunch of elves that turn into wolves, that's absolutely on par. But... Um, civilized so more civilized but then you have one stat in the game and that stat is called feral and uh you gain feral by doing wolfy things uh you lose feral by doing non-wolfy things and you always add your feral to your wolf die so you're always the higher your feral goes the more wolfy you can be the more <laughs> and the more you succeed at being a wolf uh, but at the very end of the game, once you have accomplished your task, once you've reached the end of the spell, you have one last roll to make to see if you can turn back into what you were before you were a wolf. And if you've, a, if you've accumulated too much feral at that point, uh, it might be sad for you. It might not work out. <laughs> oh, that's, that is amazing. I love that, that, that last roll. Yeah. 
Yeah. So wow. it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's a, uh, kind of the, the central theme in this, in this game is, you know, you probably are safest and uh, do the best, the more wolf you are, but the more wolf you are, the less you are like what you were before and the less likely you are to return uh, yeah. after accomplishing this task. Wow. And it, it's great seeing, like you can see people just absolutely, sometimes from the get go, people have decided like they're, they're like this, I'm going full on wolf or, I can't, I, I need to be human when I get back. Like I need to make sure I have to be very careful about this. I want to walk that line. Um, and uh, it's good to have like a mix in the group or whatever, but it's, it's, it's a lot of fun watching people negotiate that and figure out what they want to do. Wow. So, um, so how does it like, how does play like works? Is, um, Cause swords is kind of in, I guess yeah. kind of in acts, you know, is this kind of like that or is it more, this is yeah. more apocalypse worldy. Okay. Um, it you start off uh, like I said, describing your characters, figuring out who your characters are, and transforming them into wolves, and then then you have moves. Um, and there's sort of a small base set of moves that everyone can do. Just uh, I can actually read them off here to you. There's uh, wrestling, which is not like uh greco-roman no, yeah, like, yeah it's not well, world it's not no, see, worldwide wrestling <laughs> see tim, tim went greco-roman i was like you know macho man randy savage you know yeah that's yeah. where my mom went <laughs> uh yeah no if you want if you want to do uh wrestling i highly recommend worldwide wrestling oh, yeah, but um yeah. this is this is wolves playing with each other yeah. trying to you know figure figure things out there's grooming uh which is actually kind of a vital part of the game uh that's where the pack gets together and helps each other out. There's the to behold the world, which is uh, looking out and sensing things. One of the main differences in this role that wolves uh, get a bunch of questions that they can ask through their specific senses and instincts. Whereas humans get a bunch of very specific questions they ask, like who's in control here and where am I at advantage and, and more uh, cerebral, more, on the uh, higher cognitive sense, I guess. Yeah. Or, or lower cognitive. I don't want to be species this year. That's not my, <laughs> that's not my purpose. Uh, there's to face the peril perilous, which is whenever uh, something means you harm, this is the role that you have to make. Uh, and the more of the pack that's vulnerable to it, the less, <laughs> the less good it is for the group. Um, and then there's uh, the move to say to hunger or bend the world to your will. And uh, these are both the same role. You choose them both at the same time. If your blood dye is higher, you get to bend the world to your will. Uh, and if the wolf dies higher, you get to say to hunger. Uh, and they're basically just the kind of the same thing, just coming at it from these two different directions. Like the, the wolf die lets you uh, hunt things down, sit, you know, deal with what's in front of you and get it done and get, bring yourself to a point of equilibrium or peace, uh, whether it's through, you know, 
getting food or getting water or finding safety or whatever. Whereas the civilized side, the behold, uh, to bend the world to your will is all about changing the world around you um, to make it better for you, uh, working with tools or uh, setting up situations for like long-term planning. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I think that's it. The only other move is the sad move, which is, well, there's two other. There's the end of the spell move, um, and then there's suffering harm, which is really sad. And I'm going to leave that. No spoilers about suffering harm. I'll let I'll let people discover that as they play the game because that's another <laughs> fun bit. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Well, not the uh, well. You know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So what made you want to, this is your first, first Kickstarter, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you've been, well, you've been part of other Kickstarters, uh, you know, like Tim's yeah. game and stuff exactly. you know, where yeah. you've, where you've been stretch goes or writers on, but this is your first Kickstarter for your, your game. So what made yeah. you decide to kind of take that route with this, to bring this into, to bring Wolfspell into its own, um, own physical thing? Yeah. So I was thinking about doing a Kickstarter for this because I have this vision for this game. Uh, where it, it the the rules text are not is not terribly long, and I discovered I could fit it on the inside of a trifold album cover. And <laughs> for, for those of you who aren't as old as I am, uh, you probably everyone out there knows what an album is. I, I I shouldn't I shouldn't play that game. Everybody knows what an album is. Vinyl made a brief comeback. Oh, I think it's. I have plenty of friends. One who works in a record store that oh, would, okay. that would say they're they've made a pretty big comeback. Excellent. Well, that's yeah. good news uh, <laughs> because I am a lousy musician, and this is the closest I'm going to get to uh, like a badass metal album cover that I have anything <laughs> to do with. And uh, so I found a company that does it, uh, and I was like, okay, let's. I want to make this happen. I would need the money up front to make it happen, uh, partly because, like I said, I want a badass metal cover, and I have an artist in mind, uh, and I, I've had this artist in mind since the beginning. This is uh, Shell Khan, who did the illustrations for the One Winter's Due story that's in that issue, the one that inspired the game. And uh, she also did the very first color cover of uh, Worlds Without Master. I've been a long time fan of hers. And uh, every time I get an opportunity uh, to collaborate with her in any way, I, I jump on it. And uh, we also share an affinity for metal music and uh, wolves and all of this. So uh, it was a perfect match. And I really wanted to, to uh, get her on board. But I also really wanted to be like, we're going to do an album cover, I want to pay you what somebody who's doing an album cover will be paid, right? Like, I want to, I want to make sure that this is not like, I want this to be uh, the real deal. And to do that, uh, I needed the help of, I need to do a Kickstarter, right? Like, that's, mm -hmm. that's how things are done now. Uh, and also, like, I think it's time. I, I've been slightly avoiding Kickstarter uh, because uh, it, it terrifies me. So I'm going to, I'm going to run into this thing. Uh, I'm going to charge it like the wolves in Wolf Spell. I'm just uh, heedless of the danger. I'm going to run a very short, quick Kickstarter. It's just going to be two weeks long, and uh, it's going to be 
uh, no stretch goals, nothing. Uh, I'm just going to be here. It is. Let's get his, you know, you know, uh, here's this limited print run, full album, uh, full color, game uh and a full album i don't want to i do not want to create the impression that there will be any music delivered with this game that was my uh, next I, question <laughs> i need to i need to stress and i just really stress i am a game designer not an album producer and i <laughs> there's <laughs> there's a point when if you if you decide to put music in it you stop being the game designer and you start becoming the album producer and uh i i have no desire to go that route so uh while it would be lovely to uh get a band together and make a bunch of wolf spell uh songs and make that all happen this will just be a good place for you to put your records that don't have album covers yeah you could probably do like a nice spotify list or something for it mm -hmm. That people are yeah. looking for for Epi uh, approved music to play. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> but no, I love the idea. I mean, just another another layer of stuff. I love the idea of of it being uh, printed on like this trifold album it was just really cool to me. Which at first, when I first read was first read about it, I thought may have been a joke at first you know like you wanted to yeah. you know kind of that was the feel of the game so it'd be really cool but then then i was like no i was like actually this is actually how he wants to produce this game i was like that is just amazing that is just such, such a cool idea you know it is the cover to this game is going to be one foot by three feet like that wow is, it's gonna be massive uh and uh yeah i am i've i've talked to shell about uh we've um I went up to Canada uh, and hung out with her for a bit, and we talked about um, what she has in mind for this thing. And it, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I believe we're going to do some like uh, live streaming of her working on it, and you know, I'll be there to answer questions and talk about it. But uh, I am already blown away by by what she has in mind. She, like it just, I I mean like. I had this very amorphous, like, just in my head. Oh, it'd be cool, like a metal album. Like that. That I, I did not have the visuals down. And then she's like, "Here, here's. Let me just draw you a little picture of what I have in mind." And I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> <laughs> so I, I am pumped for that. So, so this this album could theoretically be unfolded and put on the table. Yes. Sort of like a GM screen. Yeah. So uh, there are some definitely some choices that that I need to make um, about that because uh, the you want information shareable, right? Like there's this is this isn't the sort of game that requires a GM screen too much. Uh, there's not like secrets that the GM uh, has to keep. It's so it's powered by the apocalypse, and like many games powered by the apocalypse, the the GM. Uh, role uh, in this game is called the winter. The winter doesn't make any roles. So uh, there's nothing secret, you know, to be kept secret this way. Uh, but it will be kind of awesome to have everyone sitting on the same side of that screen <laughs> and just have that. <laughs> right, right. It's like a backdrop. backdrop. Yeah. yeah. And on the other side, of course, there'll be the rules. So you can just set those up and, and read those and <clears throat> Uh, 
you know, reference them when you have to, but uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it was like, that definitely is this one uh, possibility. And it's even a little oversized for GM screens. GM screens, I think tend to be about 11 inches tall. They, they, you know, they fit the eight and a half by 11. Maybe I'm wrong. But that's well, they, what I'm they, thinking of. It. Yeah, they, they do. They have them both ways. I think like the yeah. more traditional is eight and a half by eleven, kind of a portrait. But the yeah. ones that are coming out now are much more. They're landscape, so they're not as they're not as tall. Right, so you can so see the, over them. Yeah, so the GMs that aren't as tall as others aren't aren't completely mm -hmm. hidden behind them. But uh, I, I like them more. I mean, I can I can't speak for you, but I, I think in this one sense, I probably can can in that we don't play games generally that have rule sets that require a game master screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're not, we're not re looking at the, those, uh, those, you know, references. Uh, mostly it's for setting the tone and, and, uh, yeah. and the, when there's really great art and when it's something like that, it would just be great. Like you said, as a backdrop to, yeah. 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 I could see a, a, a kind of like those old, uh, old, uh, board game commercials where the family is in front of Monopoly, and for some reason they've propped up Monopoly yes. in the back as an advertisement. <laughs> in this case, it would be it would be Wolf Spell, and the, exactly. the kids would be uh, having you know blood in their mouth <laughs> and, and kind of rabbit you know. Yes. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> that is perfect. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a nice atmospheric piece to to place out on the table so that nobody can. Which, you know, I, going all the way back to Dread, that is something I enjoy, is having something on the table yeah. that <laughs> imposes its will on everyone else around. All right, so um, you said that, that you're kind of aligning this with the, uh, the fifth anniversary of the issue that this came out in. Yes. So a portion of me has to ask, uh, this was issue two. Issue three came later. Which has swords, and I don't want to get too far ahead in the future. But have you ever have you thought anything about the future of doing something similar with swords? And you totally don't have to answer that at all if you don't want to. No, I'm. Um, <laughs> I definitely, I'm definitely going to do a book uh, for swords. So uh, I am, <laughs> I am in the middle of. Uh, I'm setting up this this year Kickstarter, uh, and also I am moving. Uh, which is my wife and I just bought a house, which is exciting. Uh, and I'm trying to put out the, the return of Worlds Without Master, the, the issue 12, which is taking quite a while to... And in issue 12, there's going to be a whole mess of Swords Without Master material. Uh, it's, it's basically going to have a bunch of supplementary, supplementary material for Swords, including uh, stuff for... Uh, groups getting together to make maps in the world that they're going to be in uh, or oh, wow <laughs> yeah rules for uh, sharing overplayer duties so that you can uh, just play like three rogues who swap the overplayer duties around or even down to two rogues and then finally um, I have uh, a separate little what I'm calling um, the wanderers phase which is uh rules for making somebody who's stepped out and in wandering into the world you play it all by yourself and by the time you're done your wanderer has uh become a rogue has it's it's a uh tale of how somebody becomes a rogue and then you can take that rogue and play it in a game with with other people so uh wow so, so bunch of stuff I'm putting together <laughs> and putting out there. 
and, and also including things like the scrying phase, which uh, I was having people do um, over the summer when we were doing the speed runs of Swords Without Master, and uh, which is just a way for um, people to interact with games that they're watching or that they're not participating in, but maybe watching a streaming or listening to a uh, podcast, uh, what have you, uh, where they pretend to be uh, a seer who some sort of uh, sorceress person who has a way to see into the world of the rogues uh, and has designs on what the rogues do. And so they, they have to write down and and mark what the rogues are doing to make sure that the rogues plans don't interfere with their own. Uh, so there's lots of fun stuff like that happening. Uh, once I get that done, I'm going to then turn my eyes towards collecting a lot of this stuff together and making uh, a, a book. It, it will be larger than a uh, album cover, but it's um, previews of Swords Without Master that came out in uh, 2010 uh, that we had at uh, the Design Matters booth at Gen Con, um, which were, I think, eight by eight. So they were squares. And uh, like my intention at that point was to do an album cover for Swords. Uh, but Swords has gotten way too big for an album. So obviously this album thing has been on my mind for a while. Uh, I think... Since I can't do an album cover for Swords, what I might do is just a full-scale pinball machine. I think that might be my <laughs> other way of doing it. I like Live that action scrying. I, I like the scrying idea because I mean, I mean, role-playing games just kind of I mean has become just like yeah. consumable me- media for people now. You know, there's tons of people out there who don't ever play role-playing games uh, and just listen to them or watch them play. So this, you know, giving them a way to kind of you know interacted to to a certain extent with it is is just a great idea yeah and i'm as i make the scrying rules i i try to keep an eye on i have specific things for what happens in swords to make sense of the scrying rules uh, and the words in the scrying rules uh, you need to uh kind of have an understanding of how swords without master work mm-hmm. but they're not like you could totally use them on other games too. It's, you know, it's, you're making motifs, essentially. You're just writing down things that people are saying that you think are awesome, uh, which is something you could do in any role-playing game uh, with the exception of, uh, I think the quiet year. I think you, you can't talk in the quiet year, so you can't do it in that one. (laughs) And there's like one, one prehistoric game where you can't, talk either i'm trying you have to do pantomimes but anyways the point is (laughs) for the vast majority of role-playing games uh you should be able to just write up motifs for it and whatnot uh that's easy easily enough done all right well um tim do you have anything else i I was just gonna say for this for wolf spell and the way that it was sounding and and how much i loved the uh our sword without master game uh one of the things that i'm actually looking forward to trying out myself kind of a a, an experiment with this is i i have a game going with a group of people uh at my table where it's a fantasy game and i thought how cool would it be to sort of take their characters yeah break break it uh, it for a, for a session and do a one shot wolf spell 
and and actually see which of them make it through and change back and which of them have to lose their characters <laughs> before returning to the other. I'm going to play with that a little in my head. Yeah, but, yeah I, I when it first came out, I was like, you could totally do this. Uh, but uh, like some people were like, they definitely recoiled at the idea of uh, for their, you know, their longtime D&D group, then suddenly losing uh, a character because they stayed a wolf forever. Honestly, I would be so down with that. Like, oh yeah, if, right. if my, that's the way to go. <laughs> if I were playing a long-term D and D game, and I'm like a wizard, and we turn into wolves, and uh, there's definitely like th- these when you make the characters, it's so system agnostic. Like, it, you literally say decide amongst the players uh, whose characters are best described by the following, right? So that you could do that. You're going to throw that on top of any game uh, or you don't even have to have a game going to obviously, because that's, it, you know, you can play it without a game uh, underneath it, but um, you could throw that on top of any game. So I'd be like, yeah, mine uh, has seen things stranger than most because I'm a wizard, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then if I became a wolf, the, you know the very next thing I'm going to be rolling up is a ranger. Like, there's no way <laughs> I'm not, like, taking the wizard wolf as an animal companion. You know, like, it's just, yep. oh, it's just, I'd be like, yeah, no, that's great. Let me make another character and totally hang out with these wolves that were us. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I just, I think that would be a very fun application of it. I have not had a chance to do it myself uh, but, uh, yeah, definitely would be very cool. All right. Well, I think I've covered everything. Um, and if you have anything else you want to talk about the Kickstarter or the game, or any of that you want to get into, um, we can surely do that now if you want. Uh, well, uh, back the Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to try and uh, ramp up my hype machine as it approaches. By that time, uh, we'll probably see, um, a bunch of, uh, preliminary artwork from Shell, and uh, you know I will be sharing the hell out of all that stuff. Like that is, uh, there's no way I'm going to keep a secret uh, when it comes to that. And if you're interested in other games like this, uh, check out Worlds Without Master. Um, they're like we've just spoke about just two of them, uh, but there is almost. Uh, I don't, by the time I put out the twelfth issue, there will have been. Uh, 10 games and two supplements published uh, amongst those 12 issues. So uh, plenty of juicy, mostly one shot or mostly like tightly focused games like Wolf Spell here. Uh, but uh, yeah, the occasional uh, long-term Swords Without Master game as well. You know, I think that about covers it all. So like I said, you should be able to go out and, and find the Kickstarter now uh, just by Searching for Wolf Spell. I'm sure it'll come up. It'll be linked down in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, definitely go check it out. Back it if you can. If not, share it out uh, with everybody. Just oh, get yeah. as, as many eyes as you can on it. How? So. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, um, with that, I've got nothing else. So again, Epi, thank you for coming on and, and talking so about much. the game. It was my pleasure. Tim, thanks for joining me once again on this show. Always a pleasure. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Visit Roll2PlayPodcast.com for more information. R-O-L-L-2PlayPodcast.com Like us over on Facebook at Roll2PlayPodcast. Follow us on Twitter at Roll2PlayPod. 
Have a question or comment? Email us at roadsweplaypodcast at gmail.com. If you want to play with a game with us, just hit us up on any of our social media and let us know. And lastly, our music is the intro track from the Spellbreaker EP by Triatachion. Visit soundcloud.com slash Triatachion.